Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to Talking Giants. Take two, a little behind the scenes. This is our second because of a hurricane and everything's screwing up. So I'm doing old school off my phone again. No computer, none of that. So welcome to Talking Giants, Danny. Danny, I'm getting ready for this hurricane. It's getting wild. Not really yet, but it's going to, hopefully. We had a cut day, a wild weekend of cuts, signings, trades, all kinds of stuff. So Danny, how you doing, my friend, for the second time? I'm doing good for the second time today. You're supposed to be doing great. You're supposed to have changed. Your whole life had changed since the first time we tried to record this, Danny. Totally. Uh, <laughs> a lot of guys' lives did change, though, Danny, because guys got cut and guys got signed and traded. Let's start there, though, Danny. B.J. Goodson traded to the pack for a conditional late-round pick. Probably will end up being a seventh-round pick. Nonetheless, this this first new this news first came out as he was just cut, which was wrong. Um, and then we find out later he was traded for to the Packers, which is I think really smart. And we'll talk about uh, David Mayo being signed and what we think about that. But just individually, B.J. Goodson was the fourth middle linebacker on this team. He the two two guys in front of him were younger than him, and Ryan Connolly and Tay Davis. He doesn't play special teams, so if and he, you know, this is the last year of his rookie deal. If you can get any kind of draft pick, I don't care if it's the last pick of the draft for a guy like that. I I say take it. So I I think this is a good move on Gettleman in a vacuum. We're not talking about David Mayo or anything like that, but I I do like this move, Danny. No, it was good to get something from B.J. Goodson instead of just outright cutting it. But for me personally, I just can't wait to see B.J. Goodson coming and dominate us when uh, the Packers play us. I'm I'm. I, I like B.J. Goodson. My feelings are known about B.J. Goodson. So you're hoping he dominates us. Wow. I'm not saying I hope. I, I know he will because that would be our luck. He, I'm just – I'm not a fan. I like B.J. Goodson personally and the guy that we tactically brought in to replace him. Uh, he, he's only a special teams guy. As I said when we first recorded this, he, he's Nate Stupar 2.0. But, I mean, yes, we got something out of B.J. Goodson, which is better than nothing, but – I would much rather have B.J. Goodson on this team. Maybe that's just me being, because I'm a huge fan of B.J. Goodson, I'm saying that, but I would rather have B.J. Goodson on our team. Yeah, if we're looking at one year, I'd rather have B.J. Goodson too. But I think with all things considered that, like B.J. Goodson was gone after this year no matter what. He was the fourth guy on the list. And fourth middle linebackers do get playing time because there's injuries that happen and stuff like that. But... If okay, like and David Mayo, who I do not trust ever starting him in a linebacker game, or Nate Stupar. I know Nate Stupar is probably ahead of him at this point, but I, I don't trust either of those guys starting a middle linebacker. Well, if someone gets hurt, then you got to you call up Josiah Toefa 
from the practice squad, and I think he would be automatically better than both those guys. And I, I guess that will be kind of a bold take because we haven't seen a whole ton out of him. But I, th- I like his aggressiveness. I like his decisiveness. I think he's a better pass rusher than both those guys. And uh, I don't think I don't actually I don't know much about David Mayo's film. But I know Nate Supar, like, yeah, he's all right in coverage, but he's also nothing special, and he's old. So I, I don't look at this as like, oh, what's going on? Where at first it was like, whoa, we're cutting B.J. Goodson for what? And then people were speculating Brandon Marshall, all kinds of things. But nonetheless, all in all, you get something for a guy like B.J. Goodson, and I, I look at that as a win, unless, you know, B.J. Goodson was set to be the number two linebacker. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. Josiah hasn't blown me away or anything. They blown me away in the preseason, but like if, as we said, if injuries do happen to middle linebackers, Josiah will get playing time before David Mayo does. If anything, it will go Ogletree. I'm I'm gonna say because Ogletree's the one that uh, was injured last year, so I'm gonna say let's say it would be Tay Davis and Connolly. Then if Connolly gets hurt, then it would be Tay Davis and Nate Stupar. Then if Nate, Nate Stupar gets hurt, then I believe he'll go to Josiah. David Mayo is like if he's playing like multiple plays a game like he's a starter then that's 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 an issue because he shouldn't be starting at middle linebacker he's here for special teams and that's i mean maybe that's a sign that nate stupar might not be ready for uh week one with this concussion but i mean he apparently practiced in the portion of practice that the media was able to see so that remains to be seen but yeah i would rather much see a guy like josiah though over david mayo but that's nothing crazy to say because David Mayo, what he he had fourteen tackles last year and one pass defended. He's nothing special. He was mainly brought here to be try and continue to be a special teams guy, and he knew Dave Gellman because Dave Gellman drafted him, so that gave him a, a a good rating for Dave Gellman. Yeah, I think he's got like thirty six tackles in fifty something games. Um, so yeah, it's and, <laughs> and David Mayo, if he's if he's only doing what he's brought in to be doing special teams, then fine, that's a really good move. But like injuries happen, and you know you're gonna these guys are gonna get called on to get serious defensive playing time. But nonetheless, if if he's just asked to do special teams, then it's just special teams, and and it is what it is. Um, moving on from the middle linebacker spot, QB three. This was a controversial one. People thought Kyleletta was a lock for this team after that preseason performance. He ends up getting cut. He ends up signing with the Eagles on their practice squad. And the Giants keep Alex Tanny, which, you know, I've been pretty vocal about this in the past week. I don't see the need to keep two QBs. Eli's the most durable QB of all time. And you have a Daniel Jones who would be ready to play if he was called on. I just don't see the need for Alex Tanny. Um, and, like, if you're going to keep one, you might as well keep Oletta because he, he was the guy you drafted in the fourth round. And, and you could possibly get something for Oletta down the line, whereas you're not going to get anything for Tanny. And if Tanny's playing, it's a failure, uh, which he, it's not going to get down to that. Like, that just doesn't happen. Um, but nonetheless, it is what it is. It keeps a guy like Alonzo Russell or TJ Jones off the roster. But I also don't want to freak out about the 53rd man on the roster. Yeah, Alex Tanny, he's going to be what Kyle Lilletta was last year. Kyle Lilletta was basically not active on game day. And that's going to be pretty much the same case here. Was Kyle? Yeah, I think he was unactive for pretty much most of the games last year. But I, I think that'll be the same role. They that, moved uh, them up at the end of the season when they wanted to play. Yeah, yeah, when they wanted to play him. But for like the majority of the season, at least the beginning part, he was never active. So I believe Alex Tan is going to be the Kyle Letta role because as a, 
if in the middle of a regular season game, Eli Mann is not going to be going to answer a question from Daniel Jones. That's something why Alex Tanney's there. Alex Tanney can help him point out stuff. Well, Alex, yes, he's a journeyman, but Alex Tanney's been around the league long enough. He'll he'll know a thing or two. Kyle Lutta, I Daniel Jones couldn't ask Kyle Lutta anything because uh, he's only a second-year player and he hasn't seen much playing time. And the only time he really did see uh, regular season action, he went 0 for 5. So, I mean, yeah, keeping Alex Tanney, it cost a guy like Alonzo Russell a roster spot. But, I mean, at that point, what are you going to do about it? Uh, Pat Shermer says Alex Tanney's a good behind-the-scenes guy. So, as long as Alex Tanney can help contribute to this team, I'm I, well, not not like on field playing, like off field playing, like give Daniel Jones a few pointers here and there when Eli can't. I'm fine with that at that point. And on the Loletta part, I, I was a fan of Loletta. I believe he earned the roster spot. Clearly, I was wrong. But uh, maybe the Eagles brought Kyle Loletta in. One, because, well, I think Kyle went there one because he was an Eagles fan growing up. And two, he can just stick it to the Giants if <laughs> by chance he somehow gets to be the Eagles starting quarterback if Carson Wentz goes down and literally everyone else behind him go down. He can possibly go out there and throw a, a good game. He, he He's hoping this, he's trying to do a land of cons. Landon stayed in the NFC East to try and stick it to the Giants. I believe Kyle got offers from other teams, but he wanted to go to the Eagles because they're still in the NFC East. He wants to try and beat the Giants. That's what he ultimately wants to do. Ain't going to happen, Kyle. Uh, can I just say, I don't think Kyle is a good QB. I don't think he'd ever be a good backup QB. I just, yeah, he had he led that comeback against the Patriots in that preseason game, but he made some horrible throws, some really inaccurate throws, some horrible decisions, right? Into, like, And then there was like, like two or three like dropped interceptions by the Patriots. I just don't think Kyle is good. I don't ever want him being my backup. I don't want him being Daniel Jones' backup in 2020. The only reason I would have kept him, was for the sake of trading him for some kind of draft capital down the road or for anything. But, you know, there's no guarantee or they might even know. Like, nobody's ever going to trade for this cap. Um, but it, it, does see, it does suck to see a fourth-round pick, though, just go away. They did try to trade Kyle, but obviously nothing came to it. Yeah, nobody wanted, nobody wants you, Kyle, except for Philly. Um, <laughs> so... Now, this kept a wide receiver off the roster. You know, I think everyone thought that that is where that extra spot would be picked up. Danny, why don't you go through some of the wide receiver transactions? Well, they cut TJ Jones. I didn't have TJ Jones on my 53-man roster. I did have Alonzo Russell over him. So when TJ Jones got cut, I did, you know, a nice pat on the back. Be like, I correctly guessed the transaction. Good for me. It was a 50-50 shot at that point. And then when I lost the Russell man, I'm like, yes, let's go. He, I believe, I thought he's gonna be the punt returner. And then the Giants did like a free, like they like juked me out as I was. All Giants fans were about a high five, like Alonzo Russell being on the roster. Then they like juked us out and they said, nope, we're bringing in Cody Core, a former Bengals player. And we're all like, wait, what? And I mean, the more I look at it, the more Cody Core would have an impact on the scene because he can be the punt return guy. And uh, the Giants at wide receiver, I think they're fine without Golda for four games. Well, obviously, with Golda is better. You got. Sterling Shepard, who's who's good, uh, who's who's back healthy after the thumb injury. You got Russell Shepard, who him and Eli like each other. Russell, you can rely on him. He's shown that last year. Benny Fowler, Eli likes Benny Fowler. That's a good connection there. Cody Latimer, another good connection there. 
I feel like I from I'm forget as someone, but you get my point. The wide receiver position is fine. Adelazzo Russell would have added a little bit more speed, you can argue, but Cody Core is a more needed player because he'll be our punt return guy, and you can throw him out there for a few plays. Well, Cody Core is a big body guy. He's he's only 25 years old. He's six foot three, 205. Um, he played at uh, Ole Miss with Evan Ingram. He was teammates with Evan Ingram. Uh, he averaged, you know, 12 yards per catch at Ole Miss, and you know they they pump out wide receivers. Um, in his career, uh, last year he had 13 catches for 160 yards and a touchdown. In this preseason, he also had 13 catches for 160 yards. I think they're just taking a shot at a guy. Like, okay, this is big bodied, athletic guy who can leap and make some plays. Then they're just taking a shot at him, whereas Alonzo Russell's a little older. Alonzo Russell, you can't pit on the practice squad because of eligibility rules. Um, so as much as like I loved Alonzo Russell and wanted him on the team, and, and he had an amazing preseason, I do I do get this from the Giants' point of view, saying, like, all right, well, let's take the chance on this guy who we don't exactly know what he's going to be yet, and maybe he can con- contribute sometime down the line. And if you think about it, the Giants are going to have to free up a spot the moment Golden Tate comes back to the roster. Alonzo Russell would have been cut, so he he really didn't have a future on the team except for those first four games while Cody Core, Maybe David Mayo, the guy, they just brought him in so they can um, use him on for the first four games, and when Golden Tate comes back, he'll be the roster casualty for when Tate comes back. But Cody Core, I believe, is a better pickup because, as I said, big-body guy. He could be in the return game. He can He's a decent wide receiver, so I'm fine with Cody Core over Alonzo Russell. Yeah, and I don't think that's even taking a shot at Alonzo Russell. It's just like, all right, let's take a shot at this cat. Um, Alonzo Russell, though, did have a great preseason, and, and he—you haven't heard the last of him from the NFL, I don't think. I don't. Maybe he's even gotten picked up by now. But I, I do like Alonzo Russell, and I hope he—I hope he finds his spot and, and can earn his way and eventually be a guy who plays meaningful snaps in the NFL. But um, we got Cody Core. Uh, and I, I like that. I, I like taking a shot at a guy like that for who are, for your sixth wide receiver. No, no doubt. Uh, he's a guy you can take a risk on. And I'm with you. Alonzo Russell, he'll be – he was very good in the preseason, and I believe he'll find a home. Obviously, he can't go on a practice squad because of eligibility. I, I don't know about – I don't know about all those rules. I think he's on a practice squad too many times, so he's not allowed to be on one anymore. Whatever. He'll find a spot. A team will use Alonzo Russell. He'll be he'll be a good plug-and-play guy for a team that's depleted at wide receiver at some point during the season. Yeah, definitely. All right, so, Danny, what was next on the waiver slash cut wire? Uh, the Giants. Well, I'm, I guess we have to bring it up. They signed. What's his name? Eric Smith again? Was that the tackle's name? Eric yeah, Smith? I, I'll be honest. I haven't watched any tape on him no, and yeah. eric tomlinson oh yeah that, that those two guys there no brought they, on they brought tomlinson in to be the scott simonson role while simonson's out and i don't hate that uh although you thought they would give that shot to cj conrad that was kind of weird that they let cj conrad go in fact i was worried i had cj conrad on the roster just because i thought I, w- I was fearing that another team would pick him up it was kind of surprising that nobody did because he had a decent draft grade on him um, they were just like heart conditions or or whatever. Um, so it was it was weird that CJ Conner got sent to the practice squad and, instead of instead of bringing him up and and not having to get go get a guy like Eric Thompson. But Eric Thompson is a good blocker, so we will still get to see those two tight end running sets with him and Ellison, and hopefully Saquon breaking some plays. And I can't forget about Garrett Dickerson there. But uh, the next uh, transaction. 
Rod Smith going on IR with an abductor injury, and uh, since he wasn't on the initial 53, uh, he cannot return, I believe, for the season. I believe he wasn't on the initial 53, actually. So uh, his season's done, at least with the Giants. They could probably reach an injury settlement, if I believe correctly. So that means Paul Perkins got the third running back spot. Uh, while none of them were impressive, clearly the, uh, clearly the Giants while Paul Perkins was the guy, and Ron Smith would have been out for at least, uh, I say at least one game, maybe a few more. So they just decided... We know what Paul Perkins can bring since we got tape on him from two years ago, and uh, maybe they feel Paul Perkins is kind of a breakout year as the uh, third running back on the roster. I'm laughing at that. I don't know why. Yeah, he'll break out for four carries this season. It'll be <laughs> it'll be nuts, Danny. But he did, after a, a rough first preseason game, he did get better. Nothing special, but he did get better. Although those, that third and fourth and one, like that was all on him. That wasn't even on the O-line. Um, but nonetheless. All right, so I think we got everything on offense. Uh, I'll take a look. I believe we do. I'm going to say yes, and if I see something, I'll, I'll barge in. No, Jonathan Hilleman. He got cut. Yeah, we'll talk about him when we get to the practice, practice squad. So, yeah. So, yeah, I believe that's everyone. All right, let's take a quick break and move on to defense. All right, before we go to mailback, Sam Beal got placed on IR. Uh, initially, he was pinned on the 53-man roster, which is good because you don't want to give up on a guy like him. Just He's got a lot of talent. Unfortunately, the injuries have just been painful and, and bad for his career. But nonetheless, we probably will – I really do think we'll see him week nine. Obviously, if some kind of setback happens, we won't. But I do see Sam Beal getting important reps eventually at some point on this, this uh, 2018 season. No, they, they – they put him on IR because it will give him all the time he needs to heal up. Uh, he could take the break he needs. He could go into rehab and all that. Uh, I, so I, someone already called him a bust, and I was like, it's hard to call someone a bust when they literally haven't played a single game. If he if he stunk in a game and then he just kept getting injured, then I would get kind of get your point. But Sam Beal could be the one of the, the best cornerback in the NFL right now. We, we just don't know because he's just been stopped by injuries. Every time it looked like he was about to make it, injury happened. Last year, he had the shoulder injury, took him out all 2018. Uh, this year, he had a good off-season OTAs minicamp. He came into training camp, could have played because I think it was either a groin or a hamstring injury. It was something along those lines, and it's just something you just couldn't overcome. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm happy they at least put him on the initial 53 and then put him on IR with the designated to return. I believe we'll see him week nine, or at least they'll take him off in hopes that he'll be ready to go. But, I mean, it just sucks for a guy that looks like he had so much talent coming out of Western Michigan, being dubbed the best player to come out of the supplemental draft since Josh Gordon, and to see him just basically get the injury bug and just not having the opportunity to shine. Just really stinks for a guy like Sam Beal, who I'm a fan of, because I believe he'll be a, a beast when he finally gets to play. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Like I said, like you said, if he would have got to play last year, I think he would be kind of slated in in a starter role, but we obviously didn't get to see that. All right, so next up, practice squad. Uh, we can go through that list. I will start off first. My guy, Jake Carlock, made the practice squad. Super happy for him. I do think he's going to end up like playing meaningful snaps in the NFL. Guys like that, they they make their own way, and that's what Jake Carlock has done. He's had a really good preseason. Obviously, that first game, he had a sack against the Patriots. That didn't uh, count on the on the scorecard because of a penalty on the same play. But Jay Carlock, I'll start off. I'm super pumped that he made the practice squad. Um, no one really on practice squad, I guess, jumps out at me. I mean, Reggie White Jr., I was a fan of him, so I'm happy to see they at least retained him with the— because I believe Reggie White Jr., he, he can be a contributor to this team. And um, 
if something do, does go wrong at wide receiver this year, say like injuries happen, say this is like a 2017 year where every receiver gets injured in one game, I would feel confident bringing Reggie White up because he he looked while not amazing in preseason, he's such a developmental talent that you can he, you can really get something from him if you just te- uh, train him the right way. I believe Reggie White Jr. If not with the Giants, he'll be a force on any NFL team if he's given the opportunity. Yeah, he just got to cut down on some of the mental mistakes and, and make sure to not have drops that are touchdowns. Um, and then, so what? What were some of the other names? Obviously, C.J. Conrad. We expect him to be around. Josiah Toefa, uh, and then Corn Elder, who was another Dave Gettleman pick in Carolina, the DB. Um, he hasn't been anything special in the NFL. Um, and then, oh. We'll go through the other ones, Danny, because that kid from Buffalo uh, who played at, at West at West Virginia, I, I like him. Uh, I'll go say the list of names, and then you tell me who it is, because I got no clue who that is. I got Freedom, Akin Muldan. Wow, that's a oh, – God help us if he ever Surprise gets Freedom the made the roster. Spot. If that guy ever makes the roster, Lord help us. Uh, Evan Brown, no surprise there. They wanted to bring him back. Uh, Conrad, we said. Carlock, we said. John Hilleman. Love John Hillman, that. you know, you always keep that yeah. fourth running back on practice squad. Chris Sladen, who got cut and then he got brought back. They weren't going to cut. No way Chris Sladen got picked up on waivers. They knew that was not going to be a gamble. And then uh, David Sills, wide receiver, that rounds out the practice squad. Yeah, David Sills, the the white boy out of West Virginia. He's another big guy, 6'3", 211, 37.5-inch vertical jump at the combine. He's an undrafted free agent. Uh, he played with, uh, you know, Buffalo in the preseason, had some really good moments. He had a touchdown in the last game. But at West Virginia, man, he was just a touchdown machine. The last two seasons, he had 33 touchdowns. That's that's a t- that's over a touchdown a game for West Virginia. He averaged over five receptions per game, over 87 yards per game. The thing is, is he's slow. But, like, if you can learn how to run routes and use your use the size that he has, like that's a guy who can de- develop into something. So that that pick when I went and looked at it actually got me pretty excited. I mean, he was a playmaker for West Virginia. Uh, the only players that I really see haven't, or at least that I'm excited on that I could see being something is a uh, as I said, Reggie White Jr., C.J. Conrad, I believe, uh, Garrett Dickerson. He he's on a short leash like Eli Manning. C.J. Conrad could really get called up at any point, and then. Uh, uh, maybe Chris Sladen if defense the pass rush starts to really not get anything going, but solid guys on the practice squad that can develop nicely and that could become a contributor for the Giants one day or for another team later down the line this year. Who's the who's the who do you think is first up off the practice squad to be on the active roster? Because at least half these guys will be on the active roster eventually this year. Uh, that's a tough one, but I'm gonna have to go C.J. Conrad. Because uh, Garrett Dickerson's on an extremely short leash, and if he doesn't perform, the Giants will not be afraid to pull the trigger on him and bring up C.J. Conrad because he could be something in this league. Yeah, and they could end up moving on from uh, Eric Tomlinson as well. Yeah, I I think you're right. Um, now, if one of the linebackers goes down, I guess it has to do with injury, but just based off of just their merit alone, I could see being C.J. Conrad. Like you said, Garrett Dickerson, short leash, Eric Thompson, short leash, and Scott Simonson was placed on IR for his high ankle sprain. So there, there definitely will be an opportunity for C.J. Conrad at some point this year. Uh, there will 100% be a chance for C.J. Conrad at this point this year. Maybe you can argue Josiah, but I feel like the linebacker situation, that will only happen when injuries happen. 
Uh, maybe next guy I would have to uh, Chris Slidden. Maybe the pass rush doesn't get going, and they decide to bring him up. Maybe he could bring a boost to the defensive line. But he brought nothing of importance to training camp in preseason. So uh, it, nothing amazing on this practice squad. Last year, you had the likes of uh, Corey Coleman, and that was an obvious choice that he was going to get called up at some point in the season when he got signed, obviously. Yeah, definitely. All right, so that wraps up all the roster moves and whatnot. So we're going to do some mailbag, but before that, we're going to take a quick break. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. All right, thanks, Steve, from Glue's Clues. Glue's Clues. Danny, let's get into the mail. First question comes from Rob's Giants at New York Football, at NY Football Jesus. He asks, are you surprised at the fact that they at the Giants had the sixth spot on the waiver wire claims? They, di- they did pretty much enough of a fit options like uh, Jachi, Polite, uh, Farrell Cooper, Samaj, Prene were available, then free agents like... Bobby Calhoun, Wendell Smallwood, and Molly Jefferson. Uh, I'm not really. Did surprised. he say Polite? Uh, from the yeah. Jets? Polite. If you don't get out of here with that nonsense, that boy had $100,000 worth of fines for being late and not like just being a bad guy. <laughs> did, did he you really? Think Dave Gettleman's going to sign him? Come on now. I didn't even know um, who that guy was. Listen, we were, we were kind of active on the waiver wire. We got Eric Smith, Eric Tomlinson. Um, uh, I, I'm I, Co- Cody. Was it Cody Core? Corey Core? Cody Core? Cody Core. I'm gonna. I gotta get that one right. Cody Core from Cincinnati. So I mean, like, how active do you expect him to be? Do you think we're gonna turn over the whole roster? Um. So yeah, I, I didn't expect him to be more active. I thought they'd be, in fact, less active than what they were, because of how active we were last year. All the new additions. We had so many. We had ten draft picks this past year. So yeah, I was surprised that they were as active as they were. To be honest. I just think they had big name players, and uh, yeah, they they they. And plus, they really didn't have much moves to do because usually some teams go below sometimes that fifty three man limit, and they just use the waiver wire to fill up the other spot. The Giants were pretty much at fifty three the whole time, and so they, and probably none of the guys on there in the beginning jumped out at them as someone that they wanted to have, so they just waited, and they got a few good guys that could contribute. I say could with not much confidence. Next question comes from uh, Alexis at uh, Poe. Uh, Poe Tans and T. I completely butchered your ad. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, he, he asks, is there a way to improve the pass rush before the game against the Cowboys? Uh, no, unless our guys get better at it. There's nothing they could do. It's just a waiting game at this point. Well, basically, here's what it is. is We've heard this argument all preseason long because Daniel Jones, he's playing against preseason defenses. They don't do anything. They don't even try. So... That works both ways. The Giants' defense has not – like, this is a very complex defense. James Betcher's scheme, it relies on a lot of, like, different kind of blitzes, disguising coverages. So we really haven't seen any of that. We've seen blitzes, but we've seen just, like, double-A gap middle linebacker blitzes, not any, like, real blitzes. And maybe, like, a few times where the nickel will go. But even that is, like, not – like, that's not a crazy concept in today's NFL. So we'll see. Like I said, they they picked the players. Now James Betcher has to uh, bake the cake. So we'll see how he's able to do it. Uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in the pass rush, but I, I like a guy like Marcus Golden to make some plays. O'Shane Zimenez, 
He looked good in preseason. We'll see how that translates to regular season. I think he's going to. I think he's earned himself some important playing time, and we saw that that they didn't even play him against the Patriots, which means they they that he's in their plans to be playing against Dallas. Um, Kareem Martin, uh, Lorenzo Carter is a guy we've been really high on. So let's see. And he's he's been kind of my guy that I you know said to like prove it to me, show it this year, make a jump, be be way better than what you were, make that jump. So. There's a lot of there's potential there to be good and uh, paired with James Betcher's scheme, but if you're asking if we're gonna go get some guy that's just gonna beat a tackle nine times out of ten, no, that's that's not gonna happen. Yeah, the Giants' defense is a mystery. Uh, the Cowboys have a good off the line. We'll really find out more about them then. And if Ezekiel Elliott is back week one, uh, they'll just show how good our front is as well because he's one of the best running backs in the league right now. Next question comes from Isaac Moretta at Bruegel underscore poppy 20. He has for six days away, fellas. Do you, do you guys think we make any surprise addition, particularly at linebacker before Sunday? Uh, we I'll predict David Mayo gets signed to the team. Uh, Nate Supar 2.0. Yeah. We're going to trade BJ Goodson. Yeah. For like a condition. Uh, Isaac thing. asked that question. So yeah. People are like, why would Isaac ask that? He asked that before all this happened. Yeah, he, he. This was way before David Mayo was signed, and I think he had a, a, a more fun person in mind than David Mayo. Yeah, watch us hang up, and then they go get another middle linebacker. <laughs> they sign. They sign Brandon Marshall. They get BJ Goodson back to pack and just trade him back. Uh, ne- next question. Next final two questions comes from Davin Anderson. He's got two questions. Uh, I believe it's two questions. Maybe they're just two of the same questions, but let's we'll figure out how this goes. Uh, he asked, uh, oh, his ad is at the beast 247 He asked specifically, based on the Dallas D, who do you expect to play a big role besides Barkley? Will it be the obvious Sarah Shepard or Evan Ingram? I'm looking to play a couple Giants week one for fantasy football because I think the game will be a shootout. Uh, if I'm a guy, I'm going ba- – oh, I am a guy. If I'm a betting man – and I'm based off last year. If I were a guy, <laughs> if I was a boy, remember that song, Danny? It sounds familiar, but I don't know why. I, I was like, I yes, hated I hated that song. I am Even a though guy. we sang it to joke around, but it's, it's, a, it's really a, like a weird song, anyways. <laughs> no, but if I'm if I had to play someone at the Giants starting group, I'm going to say Cody Latimer, uh, because he he. He's a mystery guy right now, and he did good against Dallas last year, and you might be thinking, like, oh, Dallas wasn't playing anyone important. I mean, Cody Latimer did most of his damage against Byron Jones, one of the Dallas top corners. So I believe Cody Latimer could be a key contributor to this game because he hasn't been talked about much, and he hasn't, yes, he had that poor Bengals game, but I believe Cody Latimer can make a contribution, and he could be a factor for us week one. Yeah, I agree 100%. I don't think, and I I think Evan Ingram is going to have the biggest jump out of anybody on offense this year with Odell leaving. But I think Dallas will have a plan. Uh, they're going to run a lot of cover two, I believe. That's what they've done in the past, and they're going to see like, okay, like cover two beat you last year. Can you be, can 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 you do it, uh, Eli? So I, I like Cody Latimer. And then if Sterling Shepard is playing on the outside, I don't know if he's going to be playing in the slot or what. If Sterling Shepard, then him. But yeah, those outside receivers, they're going to have a lot of opportunities. They're going to have to find holes in the zone. To make big plays, so yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go Sterling Shepard since you said Cody Latimer. Yeah, I, I like that. Sean Shepard's going to be huge, especially with Golden Tate. Like before, with Golden Tate, Sean Shepard's role will still going to be huge. Now, without Golden Tate, he's going to be one of the top receivers on this team for the next four games. This still sucks. Like, uh, 
Golden Tate got suspended. Actually, before I, I say Davin's next question, there's actually one more question. So there's one more question after this. Davin's second question was, so far they only tweaked the back end of offensive line, inside linebacker, wide receiver, and tight end. Seems like they really like the rest of the team. Do you see any of these guys being immediate contributors? I don't. Based off the, all the guys we got, uh, I mean, maybe David Mayo on special teams. Other than that, not really. I don't see anyone being immediate contributors based off the guys they got off waivers. Just for the sake of the position, Cody Core could be. And if Darius Slayton isn't ready to go because you know he did have like that tweak about a week ago or so, um, they I could see them having throwing Cody Core in for five or six plays just to you know go be a big body and do something. We saw Cincinnati do that with him last year towards the end of the season. So I, I would say Cody Core, but like Eric Tom, and but also also Eric Thomason, they might put him in on those two tight end sets with Red Ellison. Um, you know, run the ball, run a little play action. So yeah, th- those two guys. But yeah, none of the guys on defense and Eric Smith definitely not. No, yeah, I, I agree with that. I just. Uh... Yeah, I just don't got much faith in much of these guys. Besides Cody Corey, I believe he could be something. Final question comes from left at Gunny Tommy Left. He asks, do we expect the Giants to push the ball downfield at all? I'm not expecting Pat Mahomes-like offense, but if I see third and nine with the ball to Barkley, I'm going to lose it. Thanks. Uh, you know, yeah, we got to mention that's going to be rough. That's going to be so rough if we start out with that. <laughs> just a good first play at the check down to Saquon Barkley. That would be such, I would hate Eli Manning. That would be a great start. But no, uh, yeah, I expect the Giants to push the ball downfield. Eli still has the arm to do it. I mean, as you said, not like a Patrick Mahomes type bro, but Eli can get that ball downfield. And like in that Colts game, like Eli Manning, while he literally had to throw his whole body into the throw to get it to Sterling Shepard, he got it to Sterling Shepard. And another play was in the 49ers game. Eli had a, he had a Odell uh, deep downfield. He had the throw, but Eli just couldn't get that little oomph. But he showed he could still get the football there. So I expect some deep passes, mainly the Sterling Shepard, maybe even to Cody Latimer if they want to. But I do expect the Giants to push the ball downfield because uh, while I haven't looked at the Dallas's cornerback situation, I feel like the Giants can push the ball deep down against their secondary. Mainly, I'm not going to say Byron Jones. I've got to look at Dallas to get a better idea of that. But I believe they could push the ball downfield. Yeah, the offensive line is much better. This offensive line is so improved. I can't wait to see how they do the the, the first quarter of the season. Um, Eli has Daniel Jones behind him, so he's he's going to be feeling that heat a little more. Um, and you got a bunch of wide receivers who are good route runners. So yeah, there's going to be uh, chances to do that. I don't see us being checked down city again. That's why I don't think like people think Saquon's going to get too much of a workload. I don't see that. I think he's even he's going to get a less workload than he did last year. Uh, so yeah, I do see them moving the ball or at least trying to move the ball downfield, but not like reckless. Like all right, like we haven't went deep in ten plays. Let's just throw the ball up. I see. Uh, and we saw we've seen that all preseason. I get that it's against vanilla defenses, but we didn't see that in preseasons past. So yeah, I I definitely expect us to you know go for some chunk plays. Yeah, and as you just said, Eli knows that he can't do checkdowns all the time. And in that Dallas game, we have to remember, uh, the fullback, Shane Smith, horrible. He couldn't get any blocks. Off at the hey, line, that's my friend. Good. Hey, it's the truth, all right? That's why Elijah Penny's here now. Uh, and then you got the off the line, who couldn't hold a block for their life. Uh, Eric Flowers, uh, Patrick Amaya. Uh, yeah, they ran that cover, too. And yeah, when you yeah. have a horrible offensive line and teams it run cover, help. too, it's 
People, that's like when people are like, oh, like the Daniel Jones touchdown was against cover two. I was like, do you realize like that is like the most popular defense in the NFL and it's been going for over 20 years? It's because it's a good defense. I don't understand why people think cover two is like this like bad defense. It's a really good defense, um, especially if you could get to the QB. Cover two has shut down the Giants for the past few years. Like if you run cover two against the Giants, there's a high chance you're shutting them down for a good chunk of that game because they just couldn't do it. Eli had no time to read the defense, get the openings he wanted because the offensive line just collapsed. Now with a very good offensive line, he will have the time to look at the field. And if Eli, it's just Daniel Jones. He, he's right there, and Eli knows that they will not be afraid to put him in. So Eli, while he will have to take some risks, he he, he he'll have the time to make these risks and he'll allow his players to get open, find the holes in this cover two defense because there are holes in them. While it's popular, there's holes in every defense. And now with a good off the line, he'll be able to find these holes instead of already be thinking about, all right, how how hard is this guy going to be coming off Eric Flowers and about to, like, wreck me? And so he'll have the time to do it now. That's the main thing. Yeah, definitely. Any more questions, Danny? That's it. All right. I apologize for this episode. Uh, I'm doing hurricane stuff. Couldn't find a place to record. And then once I did, it was a bad connection. So I'm doing it back from my phone, old school. And... I'll be honest, roster moves are pretty boring to talk about, to be I mean, honest. At, at least Friday, when you listen to this, we'll be more energized because it will be the weekend. It will be the first time we're talking about a real NFL game. It's going to be more exciting. Roster moves, there's just nothing. It, roster moves are also a, a down thing to talk about because, I mean, you're talking about players losing their jobs, losing the kind of the dream they work so hard for. It kind of, you know, it kind of sucks the mood out. Yeah, so pregame show is Friday, previewing the Cowboys, man, that. That's just exciting to see. We got a few fun ideas that are going to come along with it. Should be fun. So, hey, once you're done with this episode, it is week one. You you finished this episode. Preseason is over. Week one is here. Let's focus on Dallas. Let's murder these fools. So let's go big blue. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.